What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Glad to be back. Looking forward to this conversation. I feel like uh, it's going to be eye-opening. And uh, I love, I love, I love getting mm-hmm. the opportunity to sit down with someone who's been in the game for a little while. Uh, someone who like has a, a, a good like sort of deep knowledge of the sort of history of, of sexual education and, and kind of like, you know, just to help give me uh, a bit of an overview and, and sort of context as to like, how we ended up where we are today. Um, I love that kind of shit. And, mm-hmm. and we seem to have stumbled into quite a few of these conversations over the last, you know, the past few months. Um, and I feel like we're going to be stumbling into that conversation again today with our guest, Dr. K, uh, who is a nationally renowned sexologist and sexuality educator. And um, I guess, you know, Dr. K, I'm going I'm to throw it over to you. I would love for you to just take a moment and give us a little bit of insight into who you are, how you ended up where you are, and uh, the work that means so much to you today. Yes, thank you. Um, Who I am, well, it depends on what day it is sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I grew up in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, which is uh, almost an Amish town. We're near Lancaster, where uh, my neither my parents graduated high school. And when I was out of um, out of high school, I said I wanted to go to college. And they said, girls don't go to college. Of course, I had taken the home ec class, and this, we're talking 1967, right? Mm. So way back. And so I had secretarial skills, so I got myself a job at Villanova, Dina Men's office, and I went to school for free. And I found in the studies, I wanted psychology of some sort, that I kept being drawn to the story of our sexuality and how it had been repressed over this, you know, since my parents, for sure. And, you know, there were times throughout our history that it was, it was more accepted, our bodies and flapper dancer, 20, roaring 20s mm -hmm. kind of kind of thing. But it got squashed after the war um, in the 50s. And then the 60s were fighting. <laughs> you know, that's where I come from, where the baby boomers that starts, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So it just kind of has always stuck with me. The freedom to be you with you is what I call it. And, and I might as well start hawking my book. So it's <laughs> Am I Normal If? And that's what, you know, we struggled with, especially coming out of the 60s. You know, we were we were up against it with a lot of things that we take for granted today. Mm -hmm. and one of them is that we have a, a healthy relationship with our body. Uh, which we can then share a healthy relationship with others. Mm. And so uh, once I I started working my way uh, through uh, school because I, I wanted to get massage training in the 70s. So I was uh, in at Villanova and I was also taking classes around touch because I, I my life just this path just fell open you know i didn't know where i was going you know i got a message or a call or something and it said come here or go there and i did and so i ended up working with massage folks in teaching them that there's going to be some kind of trauma that comes up on, at, on you know certain clients and you have to be prepared to know how to handle it Mm. And after we started looking at that, we did, we, you know, the industry was calling me because people were hiding under the table, the massage table, or they were locking themselves in the bathrooms. Because when you put hands on, it's where trauma can be stored. Mm. And memories were coming up. And what taught me was the first client. I, I was working with Dr. William Staten, who is a Baptist minister sexologist. Okay. So this Whoa. guy was really ahead of his time. Yeah. Holy. He's going to be 90 this year. We're all going to party with him. <laughs> but he he heard me inside of this conversation of um we need to we can't just sit across the desk and talk about being a virgin. And I have had those clients in my office. They're 50 years old and they've been seeing a therapist for eight years mm. and they're still virgin. So it's addressing what's going on in the body. So we started doing this in the 70s and the 80s took off more uh, prevalently with 
the conversation of how do we look at what's going on with neck up and what's going on with neck down. Mm. So I'm, what I'm leading up to is the, the story that convinced me we were on the right track. Uh, a girl came in to see Dr. State and she was in her mid thirties and told him she had walked with chronic neck and shoulder pain as long as she can remember her whole life. She um, went to the docks. They did whatever. I don't know what they did back there. Put you in traction. I, I don't know. Cause they didn't believe in chiropractors or hands-on. So they, they did what they did. And they said, go to a therapist that's in your head. So right. she found Dr. Staten. He did an interview and said, you should have a session with Susan. So she did, made an appointment, came in, fully closed, uh, had her lay face down on the table. And, you know, I know we understand energy now, but I, we didn't then. I mean, it's old wisdom. It's ancient mm -hmm. remedy, uh, hands-on. But, you know, we had to come back around. And so I just put my hands on like her lower back. I was just kind of being led and told to put my hands on her neck and shoulders. And just like not even a minute, she started raising her arms up over her head, sobbing, having memory of being strung up in the barn as a child. Oh, wow. So within five minutes, we had the core of it. So then I could send her back to Dr. Staten for therapy to release trauma. I could tell you a thousand of these stories now, mm. and how trauma gets locked in the body and and how we medicate it, right? Or we ignore it and we do alcohol, alcohol or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever we do, because our culture hasn't completely, I mean, the, the conversation is there, but the drug and medical industry is still, still pretty much in charge. Mm -hmm. happens with folks. So... Yeah, so I trained with Masters and Johnson in this time period. I, I became a surrogate for them and right. Dr. Bill. And so we saw clients at our Wayne office here in Pennsylvania, where I still hold a seat at that office. And then we started training people. So that's what I do today. Um, I mean, I, I do see clients on my own, but I also see clients that will take part in our therapy process uh, called surrogate partner therapy. And it just means that you have someone on board that's your talk pro, I named it talk pro. Mm -hmm. And you have now several people that can be involved with as a touch pro. Back in the day, you know, we only had massage therapists and then we started training surrogates. And then massage, I mean, um, the, the ability to, to have folks be touched blew up. You know, now we have cuddle therapists, we have Reiki, we have Shiatsu, we have all these modalities that I saw was coming to the, to the massage world, that it was going to explode. Because I would have to drive like an hour, an hour and a half to go get a Reiki training mm -hmm. you know it was you know it was just all this new stuff coming in so yeah that's who we are today we have um i have nine surrogates that work for us uh some male some female some that are mixed because i believe everybody's normal and so we have folks that are into kink and cross-dressing or trans we have folks that are able to treat and work with therapists who are the neck up folks. And then they're 
usually the neck down folks that work with the clients we serve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that, that's so fascinating. I you said so many things there and I made I, yeah. I made a lot of notes. Um and I'm not quite sure that I have a specific place I want to take this from here, do you? Yeah, I do. Actually, I th- I think just for context because um uh maybe, you know, again, like maybe there's someone listening who isn't super um uh you know, up to date with like the history of of sex, like sex research and, 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 you know, sexology. Um, can you give us an overview of, um, uh, who is Masters and Johnson and, and what was the, you know, what role did they play in that space? And, you know, what is the Masters and Johnson in Institute, I, I guess, just to, just to give us a little bit of context and, context. and like, and also like, what's a surrogate in that situation? Is that like, a you know, I would assume that's in like, we need people to help us carry out these, uh, research, what am I, not experiments, what are, research trials or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What Jeremy said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good questions. Um, so M&J was a research team and they did have a, a showing, I think it was Showtime had a series called, right. called Masters of Sex. Yeah. And that's, that was them. And so they had a clinic in St. Louis where they would have patients come in. I mean, they, they worked with every kind of, sexual issue or concern, but they created surrogate partner therapy in the context of how we know it today, although it's ancient wisdom. Mm -hmm. And um, in my book, I speak to how the uh, soldiers would have R&R back in the Egyptian days, which we call rest and relaxation today for our troops Mm -hmm. when they take a break. So they had it in, I think, Greece and, and Roman uh, availability for when the guys came in off the uh, the, the war for a break or before they sent them back in, they went and stayed with women mm-hmm. for a time period so they could get their life force back. And there's a book called The Celestial Bed mm. where old men would lie with young women to get their energy and their their healing. So it's ancient and went away and M and J brought it back in the context of how they structured it for modern times. Mm. So surrogate partner means substitute partner. And so we, when I was there, I was there for uh, two weeks. They had an apartment just for me and the client. And I was working with a, a man who identified as gay, but really wanted to try and find out if he could be with a woman because he was graduating law school. He had hidden out in school from his parents. And now he was going to have to, you know, why aren't you married? Why aren't you, you know, that whole thing. And so he signed up for two weeks with M&J. And I think they probably had done work before. So it's, they're, ta- they're the talk pros. And we would have to meet with, a sur- with, with um, the surrogate and the docs in the morning. And he He'd have to work and he would have to meet with the docs as well. In the morning, we'd get our assignments and we'd have to do certain things or protocols that I, we still use today. Sensate focus exercises. You can look those up from M&J. Uh, that's still the core of this work, what we teach. And then we had playtime where we'd like go out on a date or, you know, have dinner together, or just having practicing. Um, uh, we're still in contact today and that was the mid eighties. <laughs> wow. He's with a partner. He was able to go home and tell his parents 
And I actually met them. And his mom came over and hugged me. She says, why couldn't James marry Susan? You know? uh. <laughs> now, it's really a great story. We, we really should write it up. Um, but that's who we are. The, the, and now we have male surrogates. We train male surrogates and to work inside this system. And you, you can get my dissertation off of my website, which is drsusank.com. And that's D-R. Susan K-A-Y-E.com. There's a tab that says surrogate partner therapy and my dissertation is there. And you'll find all kinds of stories of people that that would would find us and the statistics of what the the issues or concerns were they brought in and what the statistics of how they how they did, how they fared mm. in the programs. So did I answer your question? I don't know. I get off on him. Ab- absolutely, yeah. I mean, j- just to, just to the story of that guy. Sorry, I I, I might have misheard it, but um, just because uh, uh, for folks who can't, folks might not notice this, but like sometimes with Zoom, there's there's like a little bit of lag. Um, but uh, did, were you saying that the the gentleman was? Did you say he was gay, or he was he didn't he was unsure if he was gay or not because he didn't know how to interact in the world with like uh, like uh, like with the opposite sex or or was he did he identify as gay and was like i i want to not be gay uh so help me through like what what was what was happening there yes, what were his yes, goals? Yes. i mean all of it it's just what they walk you know what folks walk with and, and when they're not fitting in to whatever that box is mm-hmm. that family requires or the religion requires or you know name the the things that stick us in that normal box mm-hmm. so he was um he had had many um gay same-sex connections mm-hmm. and relationships but he'd been away at college right so now he was going home and was the the family was going to be on him when, when you get married having kids you know it's time now mm. <laughs> or whatever so, yeah, all the things that you speak to, I had to pull him off the bus. He was leaving one time. Mm. And, you know, we had exercises we were we were told to do. And you'll find you can learn about the sensei focus again inside my dissertation. And there, it's all everything about that is in this book as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the struggle with being able to be who you are. And, and I know. When I was in high school, and that was again in the 60s, we had a student at, right before graduation hung himself and committed suicide. And now I know why. He was gay. I can look back now and see it, his behaviors and how. And that's still today what a, a big number for our young teens take themselves out because of they're not in that normal box. So it's what we address. Anybody who's struggling with living with themselves, like they're you with you mm. around the sensual sexual issue, that's that's what we do. We wrap mm. them up. We wrap them up with all that they need. We have people that take them out on da- on dates. We make them go lingerie shopping, you know, just to see themselves as that person. Uh, we have we go clean up their apartments. We take them to the store, teach them how to dress. Mm-hmm. You know anything that they need to feel more like um, integrated. Mm. 
they and, are. And did did he find did he find a like in the in the end did he find a male partner or did he ended up like you know getting married to a woman? No, he ended up with a male partner. Oh, male. His- okay, okay. 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 Now I get it. I I, th- I was he hearing- had to he had to see if right. there was any way sure, sure, sure. that he didn't have to have that sure. conversation with his parents because the lengths will yeah. go to to not <laughs> yeah. have difficult conversations. I, I think because I think the, the 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 what I was hearing I think I, I thought for a second I was hearing it and and almost going like oh it's a, I for some reason I felt like it it was it sounded like it was like like he was seeking conversion therapy and I was right. like oh no this sounds. This is the opposite of what we want. Like, don't we want him to lean into what he's like naturally, you know, the 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 natural way he's leaning. So I my my apologies that I didn't catch that part. I thought I thought it was I thought you were like, hey, we set him up with a woman and he's still with her today. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> no, but here you need to here's you're absolutely right. I mean, people hear things like that because we're we're so programmed. Yeah. You know, there there it is hard to get through sometimes to what that's where the truth is. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful example. Thank you. I mean, and you're open to it mm-hmm. and, and it gets missed. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Such, you know what I'm saying? They have such their own uh, have tos that they, they miss the, the stepping into someone else's shoes. Yeah. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. 不好意思，我是在。Boring，no flavor。That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week。Kiki Palmer here，and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free。HelloFresh，jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp
very differently. Things were things were very different than they are today. It's 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 astounding just to think about the ways in which society can shift in the ways that we look at these things. And like hearing you talk about the, you know, your um your journey from like early days and working with Masters and Johnson to like where you are today, it 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 reminded me of of sort of like a, a very similar trajectory and, and almost almost like identical timeline too to what we've seen with like the the way that we approach or view or think about psychedelics, right? Like there was that there was this time where psychedelics were they were bad drugs and they became scheduled and they are, you know, it was like if you get caught with if you get caught with psilocybin mushrooms, like you're going to jail. And now, you know, we've, but early, like, like just before that, it was, it was something to be investigated. It was something to be used in therapy. You know, LSD assisted therapy was a big thing. And, and then it, and then it went through that, you know, that dark period. And now we're seeing this resurgence again, where it's like, we're opening up again and we're, we're, we're looking at this as a, as a valuable asset to help people expand and, you know, and heal and all these things. And I feel like we're seeing that, uh, very much kind of return from in, in, in this, in the sense of like the ways that we talk about sexuality, or at least it feels like that. Maybe it, maybe it's a bit of a, uh, uh, echo chamber, but, um, I would love to, I would love to dive into the, the contents of the book. Uh, am I normal if, um, uh, I guess like, I guess first that the, the title of the book is, is great, but what is, you know, what's at the heart of the book? Like, am I normal if, what are some examples that, that you are trying to like unpack there? What are the things that people sort of question uh, whether or not they're normal if? Yeah. Um, as we talked about earlier, before we got on the radio, um, that's a podcast, I guess, radio. <laughs> Internet radio, sure. I, I sure. like radio. I like radio. Yeah. Let's do I'm it. dating myself. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it's everything. I, it's you. I had a guy. I'm going to give you a story. I had mm-hmm. a guy come, in and he he just wanted to figure out dating. Like he he was successful, thirty something, came in executive, all all buttoned up, and suit and shoes that tied. Right, and you're like, yeah, so shoes that tied. What's that? <laughs> So as I was going through this with him, he was just so stiff in his body. So I said, before you, when you come back next time, I want you, when you leave here before, when you come back next time, I want you to go out and buy a pair of loafers. He said, loafers? I said, yeah, just, I want you to, I'll see you in two weeks, wear loafers for two weeks. Well, he came in, he had a nice sports shirt on, he was all more relaxed and he, his whole demeanor had changed. He sat down in the chair. He goes, you changed my life. <laughs> because I changed his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how it is. You know, we get stuck in mm-hmm. certain places. And mm-hmm. I mean, to tell you, I could tell you stories like this all day. And yes, read the book because they're in there. Um, it's, um, it's incredible how we get locked in. Those first seven years of birth to like one's cognition comes on board and we're able to think for ourselves or say mom and dad are fighting because mom and dad are fighting. They're not fighting because I'm a bad kid. You know, it's what we pick up in this. I can get a client's first seven years in front of me. That's what my intake is. 
-hmm. And I know why this 58-year-old virgin is sitting in front of me. So it's like that. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but it's it is those stories. It's it's a book of people's stories because that's how we best learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question. You know, I, yeah. I have a question about this this intake form and you know getting that picture of the, someone's first seven years. Do you find uh, that people once they get it down on paper or once they've been asked, they know like they 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 are perceptive of their past in a way that maybe has been in their subconscious for a bit but they actually know the components that play into the, the they actually know what to t- is important to tell you or That's do a, you or do you really have to fish for it it's a great question and very insightful of you and it's it's all of it i mean i'll be going through and i'm very strict about staying within the topic that we're speaking in because I don't want them all over the place. So I keep them in. But if we get further down into, okay, so what kind of, have you been in any therapy before you had medications? And they'll sit back and say, I just remembered something that I should have told you mm-hmm. in my zero to seven, which was, you know, a half hour ago. Yeah. But it can, it can all be intermingled and it is a, the process is sorting and putting places in the exact right chrono- chronological um, periods because I need to build on for his therapy what happened when. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like I just started. Uh, I just started seeing a new therapist, and um. You know, when you're when you're on that when you're on the other side of the chair, uh, as as the client, as the patient, especially if you're not like maybe you're not used to that uh, that experience or you're not used to therapy, it's like it's hard to it's hard to know where to start, you know, and it's it it almost feels like over overwhelming to be like, yeah. like today I, I had therapy this morning and my, and my therapist said so where should we start and I I just remember going like thinking. I don't fucking know. Like, what do you mean? Where do we start? Where, good question. Where do I start? I have no idea. It's overwhelming. There's so much in my mind. But, um, you know, the thing that the thing that he said to me at the end of the session, which uh, probably would have been great if he if he sort of top ended it with uh, with the first thing he said. But, it, he's, you know, he was like, um, just take a second to, like, really think about the things that are affecting you right now, like today. You know, what, like, what are the things that come to mind when you think about what's affecting you today? Um, and take that into your day, start to ruminate on that. And then, you know, maybe perhaps next time you come in, that's what we can like sort of tackle. But even him just saying that one little piece was enough for me to go, oh, right. Okay. Like, yeah, yes, I'm a 35 year old human with 35 years of experiences that have shaped me into who I am. And I don't know, like, do I have to unpack all of that stuff? Does it all mean something specifically? Or do I just think that there's meaning behind this thing that happened when really there's nothing really to unpack there? Maybe there is, but maybe there isn't. But that like one piece of advice to like, just think about what, like, what is, what's affecting you right now, I think is really going to like help me shape the way that I think about approaching a conversation, like, you know, a conversation as a patient with a therapist. Um, And 
Yeah, I, I guess like that, you know, I, th- I feel like that's probably one of the key pieces of like feeling good about the work that you're doing with the therapist is feeling like they can give you that that starting point or they can give you that information to like start that investigation, which like from your side of things, like I can't imagine how, well, I guess it comes with your education and the work <laughs> that you do, but like it just seems like it seems like such a task, you know, to just to have this person in front of you and to go, all right, we're going to have to like investigate. Uh, a really big story here and figure out where to start, where to go, where to begin. Yeah. And the best thing ever is when they say, I've never told anybody this before. Yeah, Mm. totally. Just that alone gives you a new possibility of hope. Mm. That's so true. Because it's rolling around inside of you, either physically, mentally, or emotionally until Mm. you speak it. And then we can take it on. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, totally. Because although you might not have told somebody else that you've been telling yourself that, mm. you know, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a couple of times in this conversation, we've talked about sort of the ebb and flow of uh, like sexuality in the world you mentioned before we were recording, we talked about the twenties and then we talked about mm-hmm. the great depression and then we're talking about the sixties and, and the seventies and then AIDS came along and it sounds like that really put a kibosh on the types of research and the way that human sexuality was being studied at the time. Um, which is a really like, we've talked about that before, but when I think of the evolution of, how we talk about sex, I I forget about that as a setback. Like I forget about that as a setback to research. And mm-hmm. um, cause you're you're kind of like, well, if we were this way in the 60s, how come we're like not, it doesn't feel like we're that much further along now. And then that makes me wonder too, is like, is there another suppression coming? Like, is that right. just is the, the pendulum just swing about is, to swing the other way, kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Women's rights to their bodies. Yeah, Absolutely, we're seeing it now. Yeah. I mean, we're back. We're back in front of the '60s. You know, like it's. And I just want to comment on one thing you said about the, the physical, piece or the healthy piece. And you had asked me, for, um, for how people are affected, or talk about some medical stuff. And so, what I want to say is that. Um, Women were not um, studied yeah, until right. 1992 when they, that's when they discovered, well, they knew we had ovaries. They found out we had ovaries <laughs> in the 1800s. No, that we contributed. It was in the 1800s. They did studies on, um, on women and found out we have eggs because up until then they thought men plant their seed and you're the easy bake oven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so they found out, I think it's 1882 or something like that, that, oh, oh, you contribute? Oh, well, too bad. We already run everything and own everything. (laughs) And so it wasn't until like it was 1972 that they discovered that we we have these uh, this ability to be um, orgastic in many ways. Right. And because they've always poo pooed that, that women didn't have orgasms the right way or whatever. 
So they haven't really even been that long since we've studied women and how our bodies work. Mm -hmm. It just didn't matter. All this research and everything was done on men. When you talk about timelines, ancient Greece, ancient Rome, but this was 1992. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, and there's still, there's still like so so far to go. I mean, not not even just from the the perspective of like sexuality, but like even just women's health in general, you know, like like uh you know like women's heart health you know it's just things that just the the re- the the uh the women the woman's body and and research are two things that just have not merged the way that they they should have for for quite a long time and there's still a lot of work to be done so go, going back then to when you the transition for you around the time of post masters and johnson johnson and then afterwards when you like, how did you come to pick up the work again of training surrogates mm. um, after after that span of time? And and how did it look different than what you had experienced as a surrogate with Masters and Johnson? Yeah, great question. Because it, it was exactly that. It was just surrogates were one were for women. And they were taught only this, um, how to be, a partner for a male and for males, how to practice dating and practice being touching, giving and receiving. So the difference was in 2000 when I started training was that we were including males to be trained. Mm-hmm. So up until then, there wasn't males. And then I've added, as I mentioned, cross-dressers, gays, uh, people who are into kinks, um, that they'll have folks that they can meet with or clients will have folks they can meet with to uncover or discover. Like, I'm not sure if I'm gay. I'm not sure if I, if I really want to cross dress, I'm not sure if, you know, this is who I am. So mm-hmm. we give them that opportunity to have a practice partner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what kind of, um, prerequisites are there for that kind of training? Cause you had mentioned, and my ears perked up at massage therapists because I am a massage therapist, but is there a type of like, I don't know, um, previous work history that is beneficial to have on the resume before you go become a sex surrogate? So glad you asked me this question because when people come up to me and say, Oh, I want to be trained. Can I be trained to be a surrogate partner? And what's what happens? And, and you know, what do I have to know? And they're like that. Yeah. And I'll say, you have to have that thing. I can't teach you. And when they do what you're doing, I know they're trainable. <laughs> so, huh? I know they don't have it because it uh-huh. takes a certain something. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't care what their education is, I don't care what their history is. If you're trainable, and you bring to the table that real deep desire to be there, to walk with someone through trauma, through getting a whole new life. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I usually know at that moment, but, you know, we'll do an intake and find out if they are really candidates for the work. Maybe there's some other role they can play. But with Sarah, it's ancient. It's precious, ancient work. 
where we really teach someone to accept and love themselves because you can't love someone else really fully until you love yourself. And that's what we teach them. How, 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 how long is the training? Is it, is it one-on-one? Is it structured in like a classroom type of way? Um, it seems like there's a lot of diff. It's not just touch. There's, you know, helping someone pick out clothes mm-hmm. is like, I don't think I have that. I don't barely have that skill for myself, but like, you know, putting that whole package together of what you can bring to someone else's life. Um, you know, like I, I just don't like, what, what is the training? What's training kind of look yeah. like vaguely? No. Yeah. So it, uh, the oral work, like the work that we're able to do on zoom, um, cause we had to rearrange after, COVID yeah. uh, takes about six months. And so what you're, you're learning is the sensei focus exercises. Mm. And with the sensei focus exercises, stuff comes up for people. We want that. We want the stuff that they're walking around with to come out. You ask, we do mirror work and we just figured out how to do mirror work online. <laughs> you just turn right. the camera around and you can, <laughs> and talk about your body. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, generally, we the exercises are written that you have clothes off, but I changed it so that folks could have clothes on for the first time because I would run women's groups and I would have this and they just stand in front of the mirror and cry. Mm. Right. And so you have to you have to be flexible. M&J was pretty strict about all that. But, you know, the times have changed. We now have people who are cuddle therapists, people who who do different and various types of touch work, which when the surrogate, when you work on the surrogate, you didn't get all these combinations. So it has morphed and it, it has transformed. And I think for the better, because we serve a lot of people, as I as I've mentioned, all the groups and categories. So that's the the exercises are there to even have someone know what it means to place a hand on your face with no expectations. I have grown men in my if I have somebody in the office, sometimes still I will touch like I'll take their hand. There's hand caress is one of the first exercises. And I might just take their hand. And the difference is you're looking and connecting intentionally and attentionally with this is the only thing that matters in the world right now. Mm. So your full attention and intention. And I'll do maybe a minute or so. And I have grown men looking up at me with tears in their eyes because we touch something that doesn't get taught or is understood even because we go from holding hands or kissing and playing maybe you know touchy feely in a car to sex and so that's kind of the male model and that's where we still are kind of stuck um hanging out and just touching hair people think if they can't do you know genitals banging together that's how I say it mm-hmm. um, that they can't be sensual or sexual we teach people who are you know had accidents or who are aging there's lots you can do 
to be sensual ones. That doesn't mm. have to lead to penis, vagina, or, you know, vagina, vagina. It doesn't have to fit a certain product. You know, let's find out what's normal for you. Mm. Not what the world says is normal. So it's breaking that box. Um, did I answer your question? Mm-hmm. I got excited because you, it was a great question. <laughs> no, it's perfect. That was a, that was a, uh, that's exactly what I wanted to know. And, 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 and then I'm also curious about the length of the therapeutic relationship. Like, is this something that in mm-hmm. your experience you've seen now are, are these, are these people often engaged with their therapist for long spans of time? Or is it usually like in a chunk of like two week period of, of immersion or is there a one, one size fits all? Probably not. Yeah, I think you and I need to talk after the show. <laughs> uh, but to give you a quick, to give you a quickie, uh, <laughs> uh, the the sensei focus exercises are the core of the work, and the way we're teaching them now is they have to get a practice partner, right? So the training lasts about, you know, like I said, six weeks. When we take this work to our clients, we tell them. It's going to take at least up to 12 to 15 weeks to do, I mean, sessions, because people don't come in every week. They come when they come. We have people fly in that will do extended weekends. And so, but it's not like you can't say, okay, you're going to get six sessions and here's what we're going to do. That's not the protocol is like, okay, we'll start with one session at a time and let's see here we how we go. And it could end up being into to 15 sessions. Now, if at 15 sessions, we're still not got this figured out, then we have to, to look at, at some other kind of therapeutic process. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that is because I've not ever gotten there, but that's how it was with the M&J model. It was 12 to 15 sessions. Okay. Um, so it's not if and, uh, and if people are saying we get you handled in six weeks or six months, it, it's you have to be leery because there's a lot of people out there calling themselves surrogates now. Mm. Is there any sort of legal protection with for that term or can anybody use it? Um well, you're not supposed to. It, IPSA, the International Professional Surrogates Association, is who holds mm. uh, the, that. It started out as sex surrogate. I changed it to surrogate partner therapy because cool. when people hear sex, oh, they're just pelvises banging. <laughs> them, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's yeah. so much more, you know, about how to love each other. Mm. And so surrogate partner is a substitute partner, sub- someone to practice with. And so the time frames of how long they're with us, some do come in for intensives, like the one when I worked, how M&J had it was a, a two week in, intensive. And then they would continue working with the client afterwards. Mm. You know, they would continue walking with them verbally. Um, so because we have, like I said, we have many different kinds of modalities on board with us that we can send them out if they need other work or help, or we come across that there is a medical issue. There's something going on here. Mm. You know, our docs. So it's hard to tell them. I, it's just like each session is different. I, I don't have a, a, you know, the DSM where you look in and say, oh, you have this. We're going to mm-hmm, do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you're an individual in front of me and we're going to figure it out. 
like what your next steps are. Yeah. Yeah. Very like patient focused, patient centered. Very yeah. Um, I, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it a couple times now, uh, the book, am I normal? If, uh, it's available now, um, uh, I'm, I take it Amazon, uh, or any other places that people, if they were looking to find the book. Um, no, just Amazon. They have a Kindle version and the soft cover. They could call me. I do have books. Uh, if you're in Texas, that's mostly where I live. Uh, if you're in Texas, you want to come on over, I'll sign it. <laughs> Amazing. And, and <laughs> if, if, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, if, if, you know, if someone's listening to this right now and they're, and they're, they're really curious about more of the work that you do, or, you know, curious about, um, kind of sinking their teeth into what's happening with the, uh, you know, with integrative mind-body therapies. How can people find you and stay up to date with the work that you're up to? Yeah, well, my email is the most direct, uh, drsusank, K-A-Y-E, at Gmail. My site is drsusank.com. And our uh, site for the work is integrative mind body therapies and that's a plural dot com but if you if you put put my name in i think all of that comes up Mm -hmm. that's where you'll see who is our staff um and who are the people that work with and for us we're we're international i have someone from india working that we're working with she was one of our students at widener university when we started Widener, Bill Staten and I and a few other folks started the program at Widener University in Pennsylvania that is an accrediting uh, sexuality program. And so she had come over from India back in our, early, our, I think our first or second class, like 2000. And she's, she's back, her children are grown, and she wants to take this work to India. And she got mm. me to speak at a medical conference uh, here in Miami, she talked. She did it in in India last year and got a standing ovation. Had three hundred people out of a thousand come and take the course she was offering, and now she has two office doctors' offices who are looking at how can we get this work to them without them being touched. Because mm-hmm. India, they don't even have massage therapists, right? Mm-hmm. So we're training their assistants in the doctor's office with laminates. Because I used to work with a developmentally disabled here for Philadelphia, and I would teach them about touch, mm-hmm. what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. We use big laminates. So we're going back to that model. All right. I love that. That's very cool. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. I know. Dusting off the laminates. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Uh, well, again, this Dr. K, this has been a really, uh, really wonderful and really eye-opening conversation. Thanks so much for taking time in your schedule to sit down and oh. chat with us. This has been a real treat. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your interest and very good questions. So your knowledge is, is well on board with what we're doing. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, 
which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch if you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that. Sex toy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.